Blog Talk Radio. Mary had a little cancer. 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 No cancer left in my body. Today is Sunday, March 3rd, 2024. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here with me today. Um, I haven't been on in a while. There's been a whirlwind of things that have happened and not happened. Uh, We'll get into all of that. But we're back. And there may be some Sundays that we won't be here Hopefully, I can start pre-recording, and if I'm not going to be able to be here live, we'll just have a pre-recording on, and everyone will be aware of that uh, if and when that happens. So today is Sunday, March 3rd. Let's see. Uh, I guess I kind of want to get everybody up to date with uh, what has been going on with me. Again, it's been quite some time since I've been on because of life circumstances, so I do apologize, but we're back. Um, Everything with the breast cancer is okay. Um, Still cancer-free as of the information that I have as as of right now. I did go through a little health scare uh, about a week ago, I guess, yeah, I guess it was, actually it was on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I had uh, gone to see my sister at her job, and then I came home to start getting ready for work. I had to be to work at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and I subsequently started to have these weird chest pains, and I was like, wow, I don't know what that is. I've never had that before, but it was right in between my breast at my breastplate and right underneath uh, my diaphragm. So I just kind of shrugged it off and was like, oh, you know, I'll just lay down for a minute because my stomach felt a little upset. I said, I'll just lay down for a minute, and I will... see how I feel after I get up. So I did. I laid down for a minute, started to get, and then got up and started to get ready for work. I felt fine. No more pains, no nothing. I get to, I make my smoothie. I go to work. I get to work there because I've been back on this. I know we had talked before. I had spoken before and said that I was, I had uh, put on a couple of, I had put on a, quite a few pounds, like I think it was like 12 or 14 pounds I had put on and then because I kind of fell off and then I was getting back on. So um, I've been 
doing really well, and I'm actually five pounds away from my targeted goal. So I've lost nine or ten pounds since that, uh, since I was on the show and, and spoke about that. So that's really well because it's coming off slowly and healthily. And I've really just been juicing and doing smoothies. I really hadn't been eating much of, um, you know, regular foods at all, just kind of drinking everything. So, and I say that because you'll, you'll understand why I came back to say that. So anyway, so I get to work, and a little while after I'd gotten to work, maybe about an hour or so, I had drank a, a ginger ale because my stomach was a little upset. So I figured, let me drink a ginger ale. Maybe I'll feel better. So I drink a ginger ale. And then I start to have these pains again, and I'm like, okay, maybe is this gas? Maybe, you know, so I told my coworker, hey, I'm going to go sit down in my car for a minute. Because I don't feel too well. I'm having these pains in my chest and in my diaphragm again, and I just don't feel well. Okay, no problem. So she, I call my boss to let him know, hey, I'm sitting in my car for a little bit. I don't feel well. And he's like, well, if you're having chest pains, you need to call an ambulance. And I'm like, no, I don't need to call an ambulance. You know, it's just I don't know what it is. I'm not having any other symptoms. So my co he sends my boss sends my coworker out to check on me and she goes back in and tells him he wasn't there, but she calls him on the phone away from me and says that I'm slurring my speech, which I was not. So of course he immediately calls nine one one and then calls my sister and tells my sister I'm having chest pains, I'm in my car, I'm slurring my speech. Now, I live in a very small town. I mean, it's, I guess, small enough. I live in a small town. I work right down the street from my sister. News travels very fast here. I don't understand how it does, but it does. So as so they called rescue. Rescue comes. They take my blood pressure. They start hooking me up to an EKG so they can take, you know, an EKG of my heart. My blood pressure was really elevated. It was like 188 over 101, which it never is. But I knew that it was because I knew that I knew why it was because I knew as soon as they pulled up, I immediately started to get um, what's the word? I, was, I immediately started to get emotional and get anxious. And I don't. I don't think that that'll never happen. I think that I will always get anxious and emotional when there is doctors, EMS, any kind of medical people, emergency services. I just think that I've – well, I'll, I'll go – I won't even go there yet. I'll, I'll get past this story, and then I'll tell you all why. So they hook up – so my blood pressure is really elevated. They suggest I go to the hospital just because my blood pressure, the EKG was fine. There was – you know, it was unremarkable, so that means it was fine. And my brother-in-law, well, not my brother-in-law, my sister's boyfriend, he's like my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law shows up, like, immediately. He was there before they even put the blood pressure cuff on my arm. And I was like, holy shit, how did you even get here? It's, it's been like five minutes. How do you even know what's going on? Then my nephew pulls up. I'm like, okay, so now, and now I'm really anxious because now I've got all these people around me. I'm in the middle of a parking lot at my job, you know, 
our our customers can see they're coming up. They're like, oh, my God, are you okay? Is everything okay? So I'm super anxious now. I don't like being in the limelight like that. I don't want people looking at me and, you know, being like, oh, my God, is she okay? I just, there's just something about that. I just would rather do those kinds of things uh, in private. But in this situation, unfortunately, there could be no privacy because I was out in public. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> it's funny because the my co my colleague, my coworker, she said to me, I said, no, I said, I don't want to call an ambulance because, you know, it's embarrassing. I don't want to be out here. She's like, but, Mary, if you're having a heart attack, what difference is it? You, you have to. And I'm like, nah. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll just have a heart attack because I'm too embarrassed to call an ambulance. Um, so luckily I was not having a heart attack. They, I did decide to go on to the hospital to have them check my numbers and just make sure that everything was okay because my blood pressure was elevated. And when I got to the hospital, you know, they took my blood pressure a few more times and it was still elevated. Finally, when I got to the hospital, though, and I went into triage, it did come down, which was really good. But it had only come down to like 144 over, you know, 80-something. So that uh, top number was still still a little, was still pretty high. And although all of those numbers are high for me, because my blood pressure usually runs around 106 or 110 over like 77 or or 72. So I generally have a good blood pressure. I don't have any other health problems other than just having had that breast cancer. And I did have my gallbladder removed when I was 17. So I'm in the hospital. They put me, even though I went in the ambulance, I guess because it wasn't, because my EKG was good and my blood pressure did come down, they put me in the waiting room. The joint was packed. I was like, oh, my God. So I immediately got a mask because I did not want to get any germs from anybody else. And I went and actually sat out in the atrium. I didn't sit in the waiting room, and I just let them know, hey, I'm out in the atrium because I can't afford to be getting uh, sick like that with my previous medical history of having breast cancer. At least that's how I feel. So... They finally call, they call me back to take an X, they come and get me and they take me back to get an X-ray. So they X-ray my chest and my side. Like I had to stand, they did an X-ray of the front of my chest and then they had me stand to the side and raise my arms up and I did another X-ray. And I remember asking the girl, hey, is there something that you can give me to cover up areas that you're not going to x-ray because I don't want that radiation in, you know, other areas. So she goes to me, oh, no, the the radiation that you would get from this x-ray is just as much as you would get if you were standing out in the sun for 10 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, but you don't know my – like, I, I was – I'll go through how it happened and then I'll go how I felt about – the situation. So, okay, fine. So we get the x-ray done. I go back out. I sit in the atrium. Then they come and get me. We do some blood work. I go back out. I sit back out in the atrium. Uh, My sister had showed up, and I told her, you know, I feel fine now, so just go ahead and go on home. There's no reason for you to stay, but she felt like she needed to stay because she thought I was going to lie to her, you know, if there was something terribly wrong because, of course, uh, sometimes she can be a fatalist, and 
uh, as we all can at, at times, but her more so than me. And I said to her, like, why would I lie to you and tell you that something wasn't happening, you know, or that there, or, you know, like downgrade something. So I told her to go ahead and go on, and she did. She went across, and I guess she sat with her boyfriend and got some dinner and stuff, and uh, she subsequently came back. I don't, I don't, she came back to bring me something to eat, and to, she had gotten me a salad and something to drink, and I was going to see if I was going to, I would be able to eat it and not have my stomach hurt. But, of course, I wasn't able to eat because they didn't want me to have anything to eat at the hospital, so that didn't work out. Uh, they had called, By the time she got back, when she actually she walked in and then they called me back to put me in a room in the ER. So I go and I'm like, okay, there must be something wrong with my blood work because they wouldn't be putting me in a room or my, or my x-ray, one of the two, or maybe both. So they put me in a room. A nurse comes in, she introduces herself, and she tells me that everything with my blood work is fine. She doesn't ever mention anything about the x-ray. She says everything with the blood work is fine, except my liver enzymes, I mean, not my liver, I'm sorry, my pancreas enzymes, your pancreas produces these enzymes to help you break down food, and there's one enzyme that helps break down fatty foods is your lipase enzyme. So she tells me that a lipase enzyme is like three times higher than what the normal, than what it should normally be. And then she looks at me and says, so do you drink about a liter of liquor a day? I was floored when she, I, I was like, what? Like, bro, I don't even drink. What do you mean do I drink a liter of, like, how do you even ask me that? But anyway, she asked me that, and I just laughed at her, and I was like, lady, I don't even drink. And I won't say that I don't ever drink, but I, I'm not a drinker. I, if I have a beer or a couple of beers, maybe once every six months, if it's even that frequent, that's a stretch. And my sister is looking like, what? Like, she don't drink. Um, so the nurse, of course, just looked at me like I had 20 heads, and I was like, and I don't even think that they believed me, honestly. But if they have my blood work, they know that there's no alcohol in my system. I mean, they could check that, right? So then she leaves out, and oh, she tells me that they want to do a cat. Uh, I, I tell her that I'm having these little, I had these little pains on my left side, like where the tail end of my pancreas would be. So now I'm getting worried. I'm like, shit. Um, I'm like, damn, what if, what if this cancer has spread to my pancreas, right? I had a, a really good friend that passed away, made she rest in peace, Cindy, from pancreatic cancer, and that was not fun. Um, not that it would be fun, but you know what I mean? Like, it, was, it was very sad. She left behind five kids, and she went very quickly. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, shit, and I'm looking at myself. I'm like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. Am I jaundiced? Do I have yellow eyes? Like, what's going on? Is my skin getting yellow? I'm thinking to myself, okay, what what could be ha- what's happening right now? I'm really getting myself anxious about this. And she comes back and, you know, she tells me they want to do a CT scan of my – the doctor comes in, and he tells me they want to do a CT scan of my abdomen 
and make sure that there's no uh nothing's going on with my pancreas and any other and any of the other organs that are in your abdomen area. Okay. So now I'm anxious about that because they want to do a CT scan with contrast. I don't want to do contrast. I don't even want to have a a CT scan. The nurse comes in, and the the doctor was very abrupt, and I was trying to give him my medical history and, you know, what I had eaten in the last couple of days. Could that be a factor? I was trying to go through these scenarios, and he basically was looking at me like, bitch, I'm the doctor. So I don't even know why you're talking. And you probably drink a liter of liquor every day and you probably lied to the nurse. Like, that's how I felt that he was looking at me. He may not have been, but that's how I felt. His bedside manner was horrible. And he was only about four feet tall. So maybe he had Napoleon syndrome. Anyway. So he leaves. The nurse comes back in. I expressed to her, hey, you know, I'm kind of – anxious about having the CT scan done, um, especially with the contrast. I really, I don't put any of this type of stuff on my body, um, you know, and I'm anxious about it. And she's like, I'm like, I don't feel like the doctor really heard me about that, and I'm trying to give you all my medical history, and I think that all of this has, this all has to, you know, come together because everything affects everything else. So... She's like, okay, well, let me go back and talk to the doctor. I I had said to her, you know, can I do a sonogram instead of doing a CT scan? So she goes out, she comes, and then the doctor comes back in. Basically, like, he was pissed. Like, um, you have a problem with having a CT scan? I mean, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And I'm like, "Um, like, do you get, I'm like, look, I'm just a little anxious. You know, he's like, oh, as soon as I said anxious, he was like, you want a pill? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I don't even take aspirin. Why would I want you to give me a pill for because I'm I'm anxious about getting this scan done. I'm anxious about having this radiation in my body. I'm anxious about this the contrast that you're gonna put into my veins. Because at first the nurse was like, oh, I'm getting ready to start an IV. I was like, start an IV for what? <laughs> like, uh, you don't need to put anything in me. You don't get to say, come in here. It was so crazy to me how they just thought that they could just walk in there and say what they were going to do to me. I was so taken aback by that, like, as if you have the nerve to come in here. I know you have a degree. I know you studied medicine. I know you went to college. I know you did all of that. I get all of that. But you don't get to just come in here and tell me what the fuck you're going to start doing to my body. And excuse my French, but it kind of, it, it gets me, like, it, it gets me hyped up. You don't get to just come in here and tell me what you want to do with no explanation or say, hey, this is what we think and this is what we want to do or whatever. And I know we're in, in the emergency room. We're not in the doctor's office, but they do that shit everywhere. So there's no excuse that, oh, there's not enough time to be explaining all this because we're in the ER, right? There, there's no explanation. There, there's no uh, cause for that. So when she told me she was going to put the IV in my arm, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, I don't want no IV. You, you don't need to put no IV in me. She was like, oh, but it's just for the con- to start the contrast um, for the CT. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, then go ahead. You can do it. And then, of course, the, another thing, she immediately tried to put that shit in my left arm. And 
I noticed that everybody always does that. They always want to go to, I'm like, look, I'm left-handed. Don't put it in that arm. You didn't even fucking ask me what arm am I more comfortable with. It's just, it's a lack of so much stuff on the, the, a lack of communication, a lack of thought that you need to communicate with the patient and let them know, like, it's my body. And it's my health. So I know you may think you know you got all the fucking answers, but you don't. You don't have all the answers without talking to me first because you don't live in this body every day. You ain't been through what this body's been through. You don't know how this body feels. So you don't get to just come in here and take over and run shop. And that's how I felt uh, that they were doing. Like there was no compassion, no anything. And now I don't need you to come in here and pat me on my back and be like, it's going to be okay, Ms. Hopkins, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't need all that, but we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to tell you my medical history before you start doing any damn thing to me. So anyway, moving forward, I go back. They come, they come and get me. Um, they take me for the CT scan. In the, in the process of all of this, I told my sister to go home. She was exhausted. You know, just send my nephew back if you can with a couple of things for me because I figured they were going to keep me. And psychologically, I think I started making my body, like I started having these more pings where my pancreas would be because I was getting anxious about it and things like that. So I think psychologically I was, you know, messing myself up too. So my sister's like, okay, cool. She, you know, gets a list from me of what I want to uh, bring from the house, and she goes on home. They come and get me, and they take me for the CT scan. They do the contrast. I hate that damn thing. Uh I I get done with the CT scan. I go back to the room. Eventually, they come in and tell me that they don't see anything. The CT scan was unremarkable. They don't see anything wrong. The doctor suggests that I follow up with a ga- <clears throat> excuse me that I follow up with a gastroenterologist, and of course, offers to give me any medication in the world that I want. Do I want pain medication? Uh, he can give me some. He can prescribe me some Nexium for my stomach because maybe I have a stomach ulcer, but he doesn't know because of endoscopy needs to be done in order to figure that out. You don't know shit, but you ready to write me a prescription for anything that I, any pain medication I want or whatever medication you think that you want me to take, whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't need any medications. I don't, don't write me no prescriptions. Don't waste your time. I'm not taking anything. Oh, well, you know, I'll write you something just in case. No, I don't. So the bottom line is is that I need to follow up with, I guess, a gastroenterologist and see what is going on, or actually an endocrinologist, because when I did the research myself, you know, all of this has to do with your, all of these things can affect your endocrine system and, of course, your gastrointestinal system. Okay, fine. So I leave. Uh, so my nephew, actually, they had come and given me my stuff, and then I called them back, and I was like, hey, can you all come pick me up? I'm getting ready to get up out of here. So they came back and picked me up. Um, I got home. I probably went in at, like, 3.30 in the afternoon, and I got home at about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, the next morning. So 
They couldn't figure out what was going on. I continued to have these little pings um, in my side. And I I'd had them before, and I thought that I had just pulled a muscle. And it kind of comes and goes, but I really do think it's my sciatic nerve. I don't know. Uh, you know, what the hell do I know? So I don't know what's going on. Um, I'll follow up and find out what's going on. But I do know that, you know, there's no signs of pancreatic cancer, no signs of cancer anywhere in my abdomen, according to them. So thank God for that. And I've just been anxious the last few days about it. And I think that yesterday and today I've really started to kind of wind down from that anxiety. I'm, I feel okay. Uh, and I know that in my mind I can make my body feel whatever it is I want it to feel because I know my, my brain is, is that powerful. So as long as I just can keep continuing to tell myself, no, you feel fine, I'm fine, should I mean I'm 49, I'm gonna have some little pings and pangs here and there, I guess. Uh, anything serious, of course, I'll I'll get it checked out and I'll follow up. But as of right now, I feel okay. I honestly think that those pains in my chest um, and in my diaphragm, I do think that that was caused from gas. And that was another reason why I didn't want to call an ambulance in the first place because I was like, well, I did just drink a ginger ale, and maybe it was, maybe it's just the gas is trapped there or whatever. Because we all know when you drink a, a fuzzy, not fuzzy, a uh, a frizzy soda, you don't. Um, oh, thanks, Cheryl. I got your message that you were listening. Um, anytime, you know, you drink a soda or something that has carbonation in it, you're going to, uh, you're going to get some type of gas or you're going to burp or whatever. So again, I didn't want to call an ambulance, um, when I didn't feel like I needed to call an ambulance, you know? So everything that I took out of this experience is, it's obviously a, a an eye, you know, I won't say an eye-opener because I already, like, I already peeped the medical business's bullshit, right? And this is my opinion. This is my story. This is for me. I don't want anybody else to think that I'm giving anybody advice. Don't go see your doctors. They're bullshit. They're whatever. This is my life, my journey. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Whatever decisions you make in your life, you make them. I make mine, and these are mine. And I can only speak for me. So what I surmise from everything is the medical field is bullshit for me. They didn't want to hear. They didn't care anything about that I had had. When I told them that I was a breast cancer survivor, these jokers didn't even ask me had I had chemo, had I had radiation, how long ago was it? They didn't ask me any of these questions. They didn't want it. They, just, they assumed that I was on blood pressure medication, that I potentially was diabetic, that I had had other medical problems, uh, you know, your regular maintenance medication problems like, you know, again, diabetes, blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, whatever they give you maintenance medication for. And I'm like, 
I ain't never had high blood pressure, only when I was pregnant. I don't have diabetes. My cholesterol is okay. I don't have any of these problems. As soon as I told them about the breast cancer, they didn't ask me shit. No questions. They didn't care. They didn't care about any of it. All they wanted to do in my eyes from what I saw, all they wanted to do was write me prescriptions to fix the symptoms. And I had expressed to the doctor, I said, look, I'm not in the business of treating the symptoms that I'm having. I want to know what the cause is for the symptoms that I'm having so that we can then address that. And he looked at me like I had 25 heads, like, (laughs) as if. And I was just so, I was so taken aback by that. I was so floored by that. And I'm, it's so many people that will just go to the doctor and just, and again, this is my story, right? But, I do have to say that always reiterate this. Don't always trust these people because they do not always have your best interest at heart. They don't. They just don't. And they can't. They see so many people for so many ailments, for so many things. There's so many people that they're, you know, that are on maintenance medication that cause so many other side effects that they're always going to be in the system. They're always going to be in the medical system because they can't get out of it. It's like they're a hamster running in a fucking hamster wheel, and you're only going to get out of it when you die and fall off the hamster wheel because you can no longer run in it. People to do their own investigation, do their own exploration to be in control of their own bodies and their own health because these motherfuckers are trying to kill us. And for anybody that doesn't like the way I put it or like the way I talk about it or I'm cursing or I'm not cursing or whatever, I don't care because I'm passionate about this. Again, this is my story but I just implore you people to just check stuff out. Check stuff out on your own. You don't have, they don't know everything, and they don't always have your, your best interest at heart. So if you can get anything out of my story, out of my testimony, get that. You don't have to be on medications for the rest of your life that are just going to cause you to be on more medication. I had to pause for a minute because it's emotional for me. Because in my story, I watched so many of my family members everything that those doctors told them. And subsequently, some of them died because of it. And I don't want to see that happen to anybody else, although I know that it will. Think about it. 
I hear so many people say at times, you know, oh, I would give my, I give my, my most people say they're left arm because they're not left-handed. I give my left hand to not have to take this medication. I give my left leg not to have to go through all of this stuff. You don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be that extreme. There's herbs, there's foods, fruits, there's vegetables, there's tinctures. There's so much information out there today, especially, that we were not privy to for so long. And it takes a little bit of work. There's no magic pill that you're going to take to self-healthier. It's not going to be that easy. But if you would give one of your limbs, I would think that going another route, a natural route, just see if it works. You just got to have a little mustard seed of faith, just like we have to have that mustard seed of faith in God. Just try it. And if it doesn't work, you tried it. But what if it does work? What if the natural way does work? You don't have to go back and see those doctors anymore. You don't have to sit in those waiting rooms with other people coughing and sneezing and not covering their fucking mouth. That's another thing. And I don't say, like, I'm not in anger. It just, it's crazy to me. You're in the hot, you're sitting around other people. You're right in people's face. I have seen people cough right in other people's faces. Like, it's ridiculous. Have some respect, people. Get your shit together. Put your hand up and cover your fucking mouth. If you're going to sneeze, move away from everyone else. Don't be so vile to your neighbors, to your, and when I say neighbors, I mean like the people that you're around at the moment. Um, I'm sorry, I went left right there. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and we only have about 10 minutes left because the show today is only going to be 45 minutes. I have to work at 2 o'clock, so I need a couple of minutes in between uh, ending the show and getting to work. But I just implore everyone to take control of your own health. You can. You have the power to do it. It is in you. You just have to do it. And I'm not going to sit here. You know, I always want to say, I'm listening to Shirley's show. Uh, my friend Shirley has uh, a show, when she, she's been on this show, so... Um, you all should know her. Uh, she has her own show, Looking for My Give a Fuck, and that's F-U-K-K, on Blog Talk Radio uh, every Sunday at, excuse me, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 p.m. Eastern. And one of her friends said to her, was on her show this morning, and said to her, something of the effect of 
don't downplay don't don't downplay something shit i can, i wish i could remember word for word but it was something like don't downplay yourself and then say what you got to say just say what you got to say right don't or don't downplay what you're about to say um don't make there you don't have to make excuses for other people Damn, i wish i could remember and i had it on the tip of my tongue and of course in a moment's time i forgot um, or it just it just won't come out. But I really thought about that, and it's so true that I think that when we're trying to explain something or we're trying to convey something to whether it be one, one other person or a large audience or whatever, we will almost make an excuse for what we're about to say. And I was just about to do that a moment ago when I was saying that, uh, you could, you know, take control of your own health and of your own body. Uh, you are the captain of your own ship, and you don't have to make an excuse for that. There's no excuse needed to anybody. And I will say that having done so much natural stuff throughout my journey, for those of you that don't know, Yes, I survived triple negative breast cancer twice within one year, had two surgeries, opted out of radiation, tried chemo, had an allergic reaction to that, didn't want to do it in the first place, went one time, never went back. And I'm still here two years later, by the grace of God, to talk about that. In the process, I lost over 50 pounds. My body feels better. I know I just told you all that, you know, I had to go to the, to the emergency room a couple of days ago, but everything was okay. And my lipase numbers, you know, we'll get that figured out. It could have been something in my diet. It could have been anything. Um, but I'm sure not going to water that seed. I feel great. I feel better than I felt in a lot of years physically, and I'm more equipped emotionally to deal with the things that I have to to deal with the day-to-day things in life because I wasn't so equipped with that. And I do think that nutrition had to do with, with that. I know that it did because I could see the changes. And um, so I just want to implore everybody to take control of your own health and be your own ambassador. Don't ever allow someone else to be your ambassador unless you need them to be, unless you don't, you don't have the capacity to be your own ambassador. But uh, hopefully, you know, I didn't ha- I said that, but hopefully you all got the shit and I really have to explain that, but we never know. Um, so that's kind of some things that are going on. I know it took like 40 minutes to talk about that. That Those are some things that are going on, uh, you know, medically in my life from a medical standpoint because I did start this show to talk about my journey through breast cancer. So hopefully none of these things are tied to the cancer or the breast cancer, and we'll get that figured out. Um And I, I do, I guess I want to say, you know, I won't say that the medical field is no good at any time, anywhere. I do think that they do play a part, they do play an integral part in emergencies. 
you know, they can save lives. I mean, they do. You know, they save lives every day. But I think when it comes to, and again, this is my personal opinion, you don't have to agree with it, and if you don't, you don't. You know, that's okay. I don't think that when it comes to our day-to-day health that, for me, when it comes to my day-to-day health, I do not involve a practitioner of medicine. I just don't. I would rather involve a practitioner of holistic avenues, what God gave us, including our bodies, because our bodies can heal itself. Shit, go on a 72-day uh, uh, 72-day fast, cleanse your body, drink water only for 72 days. Your body will start to regen- will start to create new stem cells, and then see how you feel. Do it for three days, and it's real. It's not that hard. People that are stressed out don't eat for three days and don't even realize that they haven't eaten for three days. But then you say, "Oh, go on a three-day fast," and they're like. <gasps> Don't eat for three days. Oh, my God, how could I ever do that? It's not hard. You've probably done it unconsciously many of times throughout your entire life. But when you do it consciously, your mind fucks with you and tells you, oh, my God, three days, 72 hours with no food, I will die. Oh, my God. You won't. You will actually regenerate yourself. You will feel better. Um. And, of course, I'm not a doctor, so, you know, I, I'm not giving out medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not licensed to practice medicine. I'm not licensed to practice holistic anything. Again, these are just things that I've done in my experiences for me, and we are all different. That is one thing I can, you know, I, I will say. All of our bodies are different, and we all react differently to everything. So just because something worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And just because something worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And that goes for all of us because all of our bodies are different. And that's the wonderful thing of how God made us. We are all different. So with that being said, we have uh, two minutes left for the show, and then we're going to get out of here. Again, check out my homegirl, Shirley Shepard, on uh, Blog Talk Radio every Sunday at um, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. Looking for my Give a Fuck is the name of her show, and it's it's looking for my Give a Fuck, F-U-K-K, not F-U-C-K. It's a great show. Um, Thank you for always, you know, involving me in your show, Cheryl. I appreciate that. I appreciate our friendship. I love you. And then you can also check out, you can also check out on Blog Talk Radio uh, right here on the J. King, on the J. King Network, uh, Kings in the Morning, every, uh, Monday through Friday, rather, at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 10 a.m. Central and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. But if you check out Kings in the Morning, come with your armor on because it ain't (laughs) – we get down and dirty over there. So don't bring no emotions. 
uh, no feelings. So check everybody out. Um, we're going to start uh, tomorrow. It's going to be Monday, March 4th. Um, of course, it starts most people's week. And, uh, you know, start your week off and go through the week and end your week with grace. I always say that. Sorry, another moment. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. I do know that I'm glad to be back because I haven't been here in a while, and this is my therapy. And it's my show, so I can be emotional, right? And I'm just glad to be back. So not tears of sadness, tears of joy. Ugh. Why are we like this? Why are we such emotional beings, ladies? Maybe we should talk about that. Uh, but maybe we'll talk about that next time because it's time to get out of here. Um, Sean Patrick, excuse me, I almost had to sneeze. Sean Patrick, we love you and we miss you. We'll see you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, and we'll be on for an hour next week as as long as I don't have to uh, work next Sunday, which hopefully I won't. So I love you all. You have a great, um, great rest of your weekend and a great beginning of your week. Again, be graceful. I'm out.